I feel like what he was really saying is I'm maxed out and I, I can't even figure out how to even fit lunch into my day and it's exhausting. If you're in that place, as you sit in your office, you feel maxed out, you're just overstretched, you're, you're exhausted. And you may also be wondering, how do I make more time in my day? This episode is for you. If you work for the Catholic Church and want to avoid burnout, overcome team dysfunctions, and put more souls in the pews, we're here to help. I'm Ty Hua, here with my co-host, John Kahns, and we're providing leadership development for Catholic ministry professionals. Today, we're answering the question, how do you make more time in your day? It's time to streamline your day. Hey, John. Ty, how are we doing? You know, the Lord blesses me and my cup overfloweth. <laughs> I see that. What's it overflow with? With I don't know yet. We will. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> a, a lot of gratitude. Let's just say that. A lot of gratitude. How about good, you? What's good. going on? Oh, life is good. It's busy. My, we just had a baby a few months ago, but this was her first day at daycare today, and that was it. Was a shift. It was a little bit of a shift, but it's uh, it's all good. It's you know, you want to see him grow and you want to see him happy. We like the daycare that she's at, so it's been a good switch. It's been a good change. And it also means it's like the first time that uh, I've been able to fully enter into my work in any given day. So, yeah, it's it's been a nice little change of pace, but it's it's hard not to be around them as much as you've grown accustomed to. Yeah, I mean, she's so cute, too. So, I mean, let's be honest. You'll want to be around her. You want to be around her. And the snuggles are an excellent excuse to put off whatever it is you're supposed to be doing. I'm pretty sure I saw a picture of you power napping with her. So what's your excuse now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't No, it's just laziness. It's all that slow. <laughs> yeah. Be, before it was just fatherly love. Now you're just lazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and rightly so. <laughs> uh, I'm going to dive in here with some story time. This happened about a year ago at my last diocese we would have these monthly Zoom meetings, right? That thing happened called COVID and it changed all all of all of our normal meeting patterns up. But one good thing that came out of it were these power hours is what they called them. It was once a month, all the catechetical leaders from the whole diocese would hop on a Zoom call. It was a great place to kind of source out questions um, just to kind of get a feel for what other people were doing, especially at a time when it was a whole lot of unknowns with COVID being what it was. It was a great time to source out ideas and, and just figure out what are you doing? What has that been working? How do we get people back in the pews? It, it just was a great meeting of the minds across the diocese. And one particular meeting, it struck me, the just the question that was asked. And one of the men, and he, he's a really good guy, and I, I'm not picking on him. Uh, I don't want to pick on him, uh, but it was kind of a silly question to me. He, he, at the end, they just throw out any other questions people have. And he was new to the parish setting. And the question he posed was, yeah, I, you know, I've been really busy and I'm just curious, like, how do you guys find time to eat? <laughs> and, you know, on my end, I started laughing because I was like, well, that's, that's silly. Just pick up your sandwich and get started. <laughs> you know, for me, and for me, I typically take a working lunch, you know, so I'm like, well, just, just do it while you're doing whatever it is that you're, you've got going on at that time. And, uh, 
I don't know. It, what what struck me though in that was his previous training was as a focus missionary. And full full disclosure here, I've never worked as a focus missionary. I don't really know what they do to train them up. But my understanding is their main training is in evangelization. They're trained to evangelize on a college campus specifically, but they're not necessarily trained how to work in an office. So as I heard this, um, you know, and as I reflected on it, I, you know, we, we all kind of pitched in and, you know, somebody even said, well, why don't you just eat while we have the meetings? But I feel like what he was really saying is I'm maxed out and I, I can't even figure out how to even fit lunch into my day and it's exhausting. If you're in that place, as you sit in your office, you feel maxed out, you're just overstretched, you're, you're exhausted, and you may also be wondering, how do I make more time in my day? This episode is for you, right? So we're still looking at those three pillars of the Catholic Ministry Professionals Framework, those three pillars being better conversations, better work, and becoming a better leader. Today, We've shifted into that second pillar of doing better work. Last week, we talked about our office space, how important that is. Today, we move from just your office space and what it looks like, how you utilize it, to your office time. And as we progress through the rest of this pillar, we'll be looking at uh, how, we, how we have meetings that don't suck, <laughs> how to build better teams, um, how we set up better budgets, and how to communicate more effectively. Today, though office time, streamlining, and, and it really, I want to simplify it. It's streamlining your systems, it's streamlining your processes at the office. And the benefit of this, like the great bonus is that it's going to work great at home too. So this is kind of the guiding principle that we're diving in with, is this idea that many of us are simply just running from one thing to the next, right? Um, we may even just be getting ready for Sunday, and that's all we have time to do. And I want to just throw out this book right here. This is uh, Divine Renovation by uh, Father James Mallon. It's all about bringing your parish from maintenance to mission. His whole point is, when all we're doing is just trying to get through the day, that's maintenance mode. However, unfortunately, that's not being in mission. Because mission means you have to be able to respond to what God is calling you to do. So, by being more intentional with our time, with our space, we can create that room so hopefully we can respond to the Spirit. All right, so this whole idea being, if I can go from maintenance to mission, I will have more time to respond to the Holy Spirit, which is essential to evangelization. All right, again, posing that question, when God calls, what will you do? Will you even have time to respond to God? And we go to Scripture, we see that this is essential, this is necessary to the growth of the church. Um, Acts is full of these moments. I look at Acts 8, where we got Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, right? Philip, he just goes, right? God calls him and Philip's doing something else and he, and he just perceives, I've got to go. It's time to go. God says, go here. When he shows up, he runs in and runs into this eunuch. He just follows him. He hears him reading from, I believe it's Isaiah. And just on the spot, he goes, I need to respond to this. He says, what are you, what is that you're reading? Well, how can I know unless somebody tells me? And it leads to this on-the-spot conversion and baptism. However, if Philip had just been too busy trying to set up for Mass, right? Too busy chasing down volunteers, too busy responding to emails, right? If he had been too busy, I suppose he would have been writing on his papyrus or whatever. But if yeah. he'd been too busy doing these things, he wouldn't have been able to respond to what God was calling him to do. Take this another way. Peter and Cornelius. Peter's having this vision which seems contrary to the rules. He sees this sheet descending, and 
all these animals of the earth are in. And like this voice says, Hey, Peter, take and eat. And he's like, nah, man, I, it's like, no, God, I, I don't eat these things. They're unclean. Nothing like this has ever entered my body. Right? So he, he's having this dialogue with God, time for discernment, right? Peter is actually taking time to pray. At the same time, Cornelius is having a vision and he's told to go to Peter. Well, he's a Gentile. And Peter says this, when Cornelius shows up, Peter says, you know, it's against the law for, for me to receive you. It's against the law for me to associate you. And yet he does. Why? Because he had space to discern. So again, when God calls, what will you do? Will you have time to respond? And that's what this is all about. It's about creating that space, creating that time so that you're not just in maintenance mode. You're not just running ragged at trying to make things happen day to day, but that you can thrive in your ministry. You can have that space even when God calls to respond. Amen? Amen. All right. You take this to our work, what this might look like, right? You're so busy, but a teen comes in in crisis mode, right? Or you, you're getting ready for an event and you perceive that God is calling you to go a different direction. Will you have time to pivot? So it's creating more time for better ministry. And I'm going to throw this out there. We're going to go into some actual specific ways that we can do this. And Ty, I'm sure you've got a lot of ways you can weigh, weigh in on how you've streamlined. You've got a lot oh, yeah. of, <laughs> you wear a lot of hats. You got a lot of things on your plate. Uh, but my goal for, for those who are working in ministry, if you're working in a parish, I believe you can find an extra hour in every day so that you can respond to the needs that arise if you begin to get more efficient with your systems and your processes, the way you get those day-to-day tasks done. Cool. Should we talk about those? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right. As we break this down, I'm going to break it into two main categories for creating more space or creating more time in your schedule. The first one is just knowing yourself. And the second one is productivity hacks, right? So that first one, knowing yourself, this is super important because an example from my own life, right? It's important for me to know when I'm the most productive. And I think that's the key to knowing yourself. I'm the most productive in the morning, right? If I can get up and get out the door, get some coffee in me, I work the best in the morning. My worst time is right after lunch. And it's even worse if I eat a big lunch. I'm going to need that nappy nap real bad. So knowing this about myself, right, when I'm most productive, I I batch a lot of my brain activity in the morning. I know I'm going to work on, I'm going to crank out some emails. I'm going to do some content creation so that when I get towards lunch, a lot of those thinking things are out of the way (laughs) because I know I'm going to have a lull in the afternoon. For lunch, I know I need to eat a small lunch. If I eat a big lunch, I'm going to be super tired. So I eat a small lunch, and then I plan physical tasks for during my my time where I'm tired. Like get my body up, get myself moving so that I'm not just sitting there fighting sleep. Right? Those are the big things. Another thing, I'm easily distracted. So I actually have to put my phone away from me at different times so that I can zone into my work. Or I might have to um, set aside specific times outside of those so that I can I can like do all of my my mental craziness, right? My all my distractions, I can do them in batched moments. <laughs> so that it's actually planned into my day so I can get those things out of my brain and I can move on to the next one, right? It's just it's knowing yourself. Think about when you're most productive, think about the things that often distract you and find ways to mitigate those, find ways to go around those. So that's a, that's the first part, just knowing yourself. The second one 
productivity hacks. And I, I, again, I guarantee you, if you focus in on just a handful of these things, you are going to find time that you didn't even know you had. So we're going to look at three specific ones. And this first one's going to seem counterintuitive, but you're going to start your day with prayer. All right. You're going to take a few moments to pray. Ideally, even potentially you can get there for daily mass if you have a morning mass. But I want you to take take a few minutes for prayer. What this does is it grounds you throughout the day. It makes Jesus the absolute beginning. It's the source. Like it is Jesus. The whole reason you're in your job, the whole reason you're working at a parish, the whole reason you're trying to bring people into your doors is to meet Jesus. And so again, you need to rest in him. And I guarantee you, if you make him the focal and center of your day by making him the beginning of your day, he's going to make up that difference. Now, that said, I'm not saying you should take a full hour (laughs) out of your day to sit in the chapel because sanctity also lies in fulfilling your daily obligations. And this is, this is something that really was brought to the forefront for me. Uh, Bishop Donald DeGroote in Sioux Falls, when he started, he recommended a book and I, I can't remember what it was for the life of me. Um, but the whole point of the book was just to say, like, you become holier when you fulfill the obligations that are on your plate. So start your day with prayer, but then get to work and do it well. Um, the final one, or the second one, is to write down and prioritize your, your tasks, right? So that's the next productivity hack. You just need to know what you're going to do the next day before you leave the office, right? So... Write down your tasks, batch them, make a classic to-do list, whatever it is. You can use your iPhone. I do this all the time. I think of something. I just click that little button. I say, hey, Siri, remind me to do X in 10 minutes. So the main thing is you need to know what you're going to do tomorrow before you leave your office. Make your to-do list. Make those iPhone reminders. And something I'm nerding out about right now is Google Tasks. And you can schedule the repetitive tasks. You can, you can have, I have my, my life planned out now. I've got everything from like checking my son's earwax to clipping my toenails <laughs> on that list. It's fantastic. So I don't remember, uh, I don't have to, I don't have to waste the mental space on just remembering to do rote menial tasks. I can just check and be like, that's the next thing I need to do. And that's boost in my productivity. Unbelievable. Can't believe you're finally team tasks. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, and I would say the other area. So you got your, you've got knowing yourself, your productivity hacks, and then just your emails. Like get real good at emails. Ty, you you know how to do some like the automating for emails and systematizing. Yep. Um, you just want to throw out some ideas with that. Yeah, as far as emails, I honestly you just got to go through and do the dirty work of organizing your email first. Um, if you're using the church email to sign up to every newsletter and discount on every online store, please stop. <laughs> please stop. Um, you could create rules that say, you know, if if this header comes in or the subject line comes in as ministry, it can go into that ministry folder. It just automatically appears there. Uh, a couple of the things that you mentioned, John, rang true, and I, I you're on a roll, so I didn't want to stop you or interject. But really, when you say know yourself, I do this with my sales team. We do a, an actual time audit where we figure out how much time you're spending on emails, how much time you're spending on the phones, and what the content of those conversations are to help streamline your process and streamline your day because a lot is expected of you. 
So if you're spending way too much time on emails or checking this report or looking up this study, like you're wasting time is essentially what you're doing. So time audits will help with the other thing, time blocks. Like you mentioned, you know, short attention span or you're just, things can easily distract you. So what I recommend to my team is just blocking it off in your calendar, literally on your calendar that says, hey, time block for, you know, the next 20 minutes. Or, you know, I do an hour time block where I just know that the do not disturb goes on to my phone. The emails actually, the notifications for my emails get shut off. And in that time, whatever I set my schedule to do, I'm doing. So again, it goes back to what you said, being intentional with your time, knowing yourself, and then setting up your day to be efficient. Now, here's one other thing that I'm going to throw at you. It's called the law of diminishing return. I love, I'm I'm a big lists guy, right? Even if I did something that wasn't on my list, I get it done. I put it on my list so I could check it off. I'm a huge list guy. I love lists. But here's the thing. When you are overwhelmed with the amount of things on your list, you tend not to do a lot of the things that are on your list. So the law of diminishing return simply states that the more you have to do, the less you get done. And it actually breaks it out to, um, this is more regarding goals, but if you have one to two goals, chances are you're going to get one to two things done. If you have three to 10 goals, you're probably only going to get one of those things done. If you have more than 10 things as a goal, you're probably not going to get any single one of them done. So I would be careful writing out your to-do list that you don't have too much to do that you just say, you know what? I'm going to let the Holy Ghost take care of it. So the law of diminishing return, time audit yourself, and then set up time blocks. Those are my techniques that I help out with uh, with my team. And it seems to generally work. And if it doesn't work, we always refresh. We go back to, okay, let's take, let's take some time to audit yourself. What were you doing throughout the day that you couldn't establish a good routine? So hopefully that helps. And it doesn't have to be just in church ministry. It could be whatever industry because time is a crucial resource that we, I mean, we, we can't buy more time at the end of the day we only have x amount of hours now yeah you could work an extra hour or two but even if you work 24 hours a day you can't work 24 hours and one minute so being intentional with your time being good with your time and also being respectful of other people's times because it's going to overlap with somebody else in the office absolutely yeah so all of these tips and i would encourage you go over back back over these last few minutes, just rewind it and listen to them because we, we blazed through a lot of them. But if one stands out to you, implement that one, right? And all of these tips, though, they can help you to create more time in your schedule, not that you're creating time like Ty says. You can't create more time, but you can make space in your schedule so that you have more time to respond when God calls. So again, when God calls, will you have time to respond? It's essential that we make this time, that we get really good at the job we're called to do so that we can get have more freedom to respond to the Lord's call in our lives. Yes, yes. And with that, I think we should move on to the devil's advocate. (laughs) The devil's advocate. 
You sound like Sean Connery there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, you know, I, I understand that some people on the staff, like Father or the Faith Formation Director, need to make time to respond to the Holy Spirit's evangelizing impulse. But that's not my job. I'm just the, the finance director. I'm just the, a volunteer coordinator. I'm just a custodian. I'm just a simple layperson that the church needed to sub as a catechist. You know, I'm, I'm happy to fill up my time doing the same tasks, but mm, not, not the whole evangelizing stuff. I'm going to leave that to those people. What do you say? Are you ready for this? Because I got a hot take. Oh, boy. <laughs> We, we've talked about how evangelization is the mission of the church. What this means is that the stakes are incredibly high. They could not be higher because the stakes are the souls that we've been tasked to accompany into the kingdom of God. If you have been called into work at the church, you are a part of her mission to evangelize. Even if you haven't been called in, you've been baptized into that mission if you've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So someday you will stand before God and you will either be in the presence of all the souls that you've helped usher into heaven or you'll have to justify the ones that are in hell that you didn't even try to evangelize. That's the hot take. All right, St. Paul in Acts chapter 20, verses 26 and 27, he says, this is as he's going to Jerusalem. He knows he's near the end. He's not going to see the people he's been ministering to again. He says, Therefore, I declare to you this day that I am not responsible for the blood of any of you, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. If you are going to work in the church, this is your job to do everything, every single effort, every moment that you're there is aimed at building the kingdom. And yes, some of that's menial tasks, but that's not the most important work. The most important work, no matter what your daily duties are, is to evangelize and bring people into the kingdom of heaven. So if you, this is my hot take, if you don't believe that your job contributes to this mission, you need to do one of two things. You either need to learn the language and the process of evangelization so that you can weave it into the very fabric of the work that you do, or you may need to quit your job. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it's a hot take, but it's, this, is, this is the entire thing. This is the mission. This is what we are all about is evangelizing and bringing people into relationship with Jesus, and we cannot waste resources on anything that does not do that anything yep. less and so if you're not looking to do that task you are in the wrong line of work that's Ooh. that's my so, response here, here's what i will say great point on learning the language in the process of evangelization i can almost guarantee that if you reach out to your diocese and ask them about resources for learning those processes they will have some resources for you. Uh, when I was part of the Sioux City Diocese, uh, there was the St. Paul Street evangelization that was offered. Awesome. Um, there are numerous other sources. I mean, if you don't like being in a group, if you don't like being vulnerable, there is a ton of resources on YouTube University on how to do that stuff. 
you literally have no excuses. No excuses. So learn the language, know how to evangelize, and at the very bare minimum, if you are just getting started and you don't have those resources, learn to have a good spirit and, and ask for that help from the Holy Spirit, right? How many times you walk into a church and it's just a, a bunch of people that look like they don't want to be there? Where's the joy? Where's the, where is that zeal that is supposed to be in our spirit from God. There's, I mean, there's just so many times that you walk into a church and it's like, oh man, is this a funeral or is this Sunday mass? Because it feels like a funeral. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's John chapter three is uh, a smile. Don't cost nothing sugar. Oh yeah. Is that the King James verse? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's okay if you don't, honestly, a lot of people evangelize without realizing they're doing it. You know, it's that it's that person who has that smile who you just, you know, their joy radiates from Christ. But that's not an excuse to not continue to grow or improve. If you don't know that that's what you're doing, it's probably just a good thing to kind of learn that language of the church. And, and it's only going to build upon what you already do naturally. So, yeah, again, we got to learn. Yeah, we do. And what are some actionable steps that we could take, John? So I've got two actionable steps right here. The first one is I want you to go to catholicministryprofessionals.com slash resources. This is a new page we put together, and we're going to upload whenever we come out with resources that will be useful to you, the Catholic ministry professional. We'll put them, and we'll just make them available there. So it's catholicministryprofessionals.com slash resources, and download the only planner page you'll ever need. This is how I planned all of the ministry that I did at the churches I was involved in. And you can have it for free. You can. There's 52 weeks in a year. It's a one-week planner on the same page. What you do is you batch your work into the buckets that work for me. Those four buckets were my team, things I needed to communicate to the team. They were my to-do list. They were specific conversations I needed to have and then they were long-term goals or things that I needed to ponder as I continued to develop and discern what God was calling me to do in my ministry. So I could batch those, and then I could rank them right on that page, and then I could cross them off, right? So you go, you download this planner page. It's the only one you'll ever need. It's going to help you to get, um, get a little more focused, a little more intentional about the time that you spend at the office. The second one is I want you to fall back on your Google it mentality. This is an excellent vehicle for growth. If there's something that you wish didn't take up as much of your time, maybe it's email. I want you to just Google that thing plus productivity hacks and just go down the rabbit hole, take the pill, right? Just, just soak yourself in it because you'll pick up a few things that'll help you to grow. And I promise you it won't be long before you find out you've got extra time in your day. So, if it's email, just Google email productivity hacks. If you've got a Google or a Microsoft one, you might want to put Microsoft email hacks, right? Or Google productivity hacks, right? Just think about that specific thing you wish took less time and do, and Google that plus productivity hacks. And I think you're just going to, it's going to blow your mind. There's so many ways that you can just retool what you're already doing and make it better. 
I would like to know what some of our listeners are doing that we don't yet know about. Can you imagine if somebody told you, John, three years ago about Google Tasks, <laughs> where you would be in life? You would be so far ahead. It's unbelievable. So I'd I probably know, have my own. I'd probably have my own church by now. That's true. I want to know <laughs> if any of you listeners have any other hacks or systems that you use that we haven't even been talking about. I we need to know. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Catholic Ministry Professionals podcast. If you found today's show helpful. Hit subscribe and then immediately text this show to your pastor or a friend in Catholic ministry. And yes, guys, we want your feedback. Let us know what questions this content raises for you. You can go to catholicministryprofessionals.com, click on send a message, and those messages come directly to our email so that we can help to refine this content. We can better serve you. And with that, we'll see you in the vineyard.